Thursday, April 30th, 2020. Good morning. Um, last night, I was watching a movie with Chandra, um, and we started the movie at about 9.30 p.m. And for those of y'all that know me, you know that's a, a, a pretty bold move for me. Um, for the past year and a half, I've been getting up pretty much every morning at around 4 a.m., right? So 9.30 p.m. to me feels like 1 a.m. to you. Uh, so it didn't take us long, uh, but I fell asleep. And so I kept on having to rewind the beginning of the movie because, uh, I've learned enough about spy movies through the years to know that if you miss the beginning, the rest of it won't make sense. So before we move forward, uh, I have to make sure that I catch the most important details about the story. So that's what I want to do this morning. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit from yesterday, right? And you may say backtrack. We were at Genesis one. Uh, yeah, but I think I may have approached it wrongly and jumped the gun. Um, 14 years ago, when I was right out of college, I started teaching a junior high Bible class at a private school. Uh, and to this day, I think it was one of God's kindnesses to me as a Christian, because it helped me to realize just how important the beginnings of things or and how we look over things that are obvious and necessary en route to things that are applicable for where I am right now. So 14 years ago, right out of college, I have this group of students who've grown up in church and I teach the book of Genesis. And as I start to go through that, the questions that they asked put me at a place where I had to relearn, right? And one of the things that I learned is that Simply put, we can tend to come to the Bible and think, uh, all right, I'm going to read this. What does this have to say about me and skip over what it says about God? And I think if we come to the beginning that way, we're going to miss the best part of the whole book. Um, yesterday, I moved too fast. I went straight from the introduction of God creating the world and made a beeline to start to talk about how that relates to us. But I think it's helpful to be reminded that the Bible is not primarily a book about us. It's a book for us, right? The Bible is a book about God. Those first four words in the beginning, God sets the trajectory for the whole book. And we have to do justice to the fact that this is a book about God. And the intro is important that before the Bible can ever become a mirror that we approach to see what's wrong with us and what needs to be changed. We have to embrace the Bible as a window and you don't go to a window to look at you. You go to a window to look through it at somebody or something else that's beautiful. And that's what the Bible is first and foremost, a window that we can look through to see the character of God, to see God's actions towards humanity, uh, the one common and consistent character throughout the whole book is God. So we're going to backtrack, and I'm going to give you one of the most important truths in all of Scripture. It's the reason why Scripture is so valuable and why we meditate on it uh, primarily in the mornings, right? It's the reason why I've done this with the hopes of putting it out each morning by 4 a.m. Uh, so that there is a truth locked and loaded and ready for you before you even get up. Right. And and the, the truth is this. Right. Ready. Um, 
one of the reasons that God created the world with words and then told you about it is so that you and I would see that his words are his actions. So what God does is he doesn't just create the world by waving his hands, but he speaks and he says, let there be light and light came out exactly as he intended it to. The same thing with the skies and the seas and the animals and the land and the ground so that we would step back and we would be reminded that God is absolutely reliable and trustworthy. What he says happens always. There's no distance in between his words and his actions. No gap. He's never apologizing, saying, I wish I hadn't said that. I didn't mean to. His words are his actions. So when he says anything, he's bound by it. Now, what he says happens, and as you and I know from reading the pages of Scripture, it may not happen immediately, but it always happens eventually. God creates this way to show us that we can trust his words, every one of them. His words are so often delayed. He spoke a word of promise that he would reverse what Adam and Eve uh, broke. And they didn't see that word fulfilled in their lifetimes, but it came in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world, uh, to upend and reverse what Adam and Eve lost. And we still are at a place now, right, as Christians, where we're waiting. That's why faith is such a big thing. We're saying, um, I believe what God says more than what I see. God's words are absolutely reliable. We're constantly saying Whose report are you going to believe today? Whose words are going to make the biggest difference in how you function and how you live? God's words are his actions. Um, and that's one reason uh, why we start our days with his word, because we want to start our days with something uh, certain. Just last night, uh, I got a, a tweet in a group uh, or a group text where one of the guys said um, he shared this tweet that uh, leads off like this. Korea now seems to think that the so-called reinfections of the coronavirus it found are actually just false positives. A lot of smart epidemiologists thought this was likely the case all along. So it's not a huge surprise but passing this along for people who freaked out earlier. And so what this guy says is, all right, yeah, hey, I brought this news out. I brought a report out, but now as time goes uh, uh, has gone on, it seems like the first report that I gave wasn't reliable. And while it's great to offer an apology, what you find is that if words go out like, these constant shifting reports that we hear, these constant changes in the news cycle have the little tugboat of our emotions sailing on these stormy waters. And when we start our day with 
the news, when we start our day with reports and complaints, uh, it has the potential to send our days into chaos before we even have a chance to begin. But God's words are meant to be anchors for our souls as the little tugboat of our hearts sail on these stormy waters. And it's these anchors for our soul uh, that are meant to be the center of our conversations. So when the people of God make it a point, not just to converse with one another, but to converse about the word of God, something special happens. And I want you to hear this. I'm not advocating to eliminate small talk and catching up altogether. I'm just advocating for the power of you sitting down with somebody else and hearing about how the state of their soul has changed. and It doesn't match the state of their surroundings because they're believing God's words. And in the course of the conversation for you to be able to look at that and appropriate it for yourself with just two words saying me too. I want that. And if you don't have the same peace that they have, that's the great thing about Christian conversation, that as we talk about God's word, um, we celebrate in the ways that we're, that we live in light of the promises. But then when we find that we're not living in light of those promises, what we do is we get on our knees and we pray and we ask for God to do what we can't do on our own. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take intentionality. Be intentional today with your conversations. Live by faith. Walk by faith and enjoy the peace that comes from it. All right. I love you. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow with a conversation that I had this past week that encouraged my soul.